1: In this podcast, we chat about the win against Hull, the draw against Bristol City. Look ahead to Blackpool and answer your podcast questions. This is the Borough Breakdown Podcast, and this is like a Borough Matchday Chatter in a pod.
2: ...wants support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track! Goal!
0: coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him.
2: Abanelli spots out.
1: Hello and welcome to the Borough Breakdown Podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Borough Podcast that gives you all of your Borough matchday chatter in a podcast. And a 3-1 win against Hull, a 1-1 draw against Bristol City, give Borough four points from the week and move us up to 20th position in the championship table. Guys, since we scored four goals, got four points, I want to hear four words. Uh, So Dana, how are you feeling about Borough this week in four words?
3: Appreciative of the progress, I'm going to say. I know it's been just three games. We've had one of each result, but I think you can see within those matches that we are getting to somewhere, at least, and I think we're putting the foundations in place and you could see what Carrick's trying to do, trying to play out from the back a little bit, encouraging the the quick receive and release in midfield, the build-up patterns are good with the shape, you know, and now we're in, in, in midfield. So there's there's parts of the team that you can see things are starting to really progress and gel there. So, yeah, appreciative of the progress. And if I could put it in brackets, I'd say so far.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll let you off for that. I'll let you have your six words then. if you put <laughs> uh in brackets. Tom, how are you feeling in four words? I mean, are you going to describe last night? Because you're out till late, but now... <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I was in flares until like two in the morning, so I'm glad it's four words today. From my, my hungover self, it's a lot easier. Um, I'm just gonna say reasons to be positive. Um, obviously, not the result we wanted yesterday, but we absolutely dominated uh, based on the stats. And you know, I, I can't remember many chances other than the one they scored that that Bristol City actually uh, you know threatened us with. So that that looked I bet really you can't positive.
3: remember. So,
2: I can't remember much, to be
3: honest. <laughs>
2: but, uh, remember from the game. But, um, yeah, uh... We, we we looked, it was a very positive display from us and then the win against Hull midweek was uh, was exactly what we needed. A little bit gutted that my 3-0 prediction from last week didn't come off for Hull and sure. I'm even more gutted because I said I was going to put money on it. I had summit set up for Borough to get over 2.5 goals at the start of the match and then didn't do it and then we went and did it. So, yeah, I, I, I could I could have been uh, up in a little bit of money there as well if I'd followed my own prediction, but wasn't to be.
1: A lot of people questioned your, that prediction as well, Tom. You know, a lot of people no. in the Telegram chat were saying, I spat my drink out when you said that. and It was laughing now, It was laughing now. Eh? All <laughs> well, prediction, Tom coming up Trump's. So that's what I love to see. Actually, um, it's not me laughing now. I don't feel like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you just turn your mic off, and if you want to be sick, Tom, you would be sick, OK? That's absolutely <laughs> fine by me. Um, I think for my, my four words would be, I love progress, me. Um, I think we we've we've done all right the last the last few games and you can definitely see the the style that Carrick's uh, trying to implement across this team and I likened it to a Red Bull side in the last podcast and I can definitely see the principles of a Red Bull team in this new Mills side, which is quite interesting. Not fully Red Bull type football, but there's, there's principles in terms of press and the way we're setting up. I can see like similarities in that, but really good week for us, um, and hopefully we can build on from there until until the World Cup and go from there. But let's let's chat about Hull then uh, first because you know a goal from Chuba Palm and two on goals, but you can give it to Lenahan and Giles Gibbora uh, the three points and give Michael Carrick his first win in charge. But before we go to the assessment of the game, I kind of want to go to Shit House Islands because there was a big moment by a certain individual in the game, Yusuf Jammer. You are in Shithouse Island. Shithouse Island drinks are free, burning sunshine, there's enough for everyone, all that's missing is the sea, but don't worry, you're a shit house. Iconic podcast vision, lovely stuff, um, let's get Yusuf in, in Shithouse Island, the... Let's get the image up there, and if you don't mind, there we go, the 3-1 sign, it was hand over his ears, it was shithousery <laughs> in its finest, so Yusuf, congratulations, you are in Shouse Island, and we do have merch uh, for Shouse Island as well uh, on side, and we'll put that link in the description below uh, in your podcast provider and on YouTube, because it is really great content and merch, um, but let's talk about Hull then, Tom, because... A really big win for Borough, a big win for Metal Carrick and a big performance as well for us. Uh, but how would you assess the game against Hull? Um, I mean, I thought it was a good performance. Um,
2: I thought the first 20 minutes, it did look a bit cagey. It seemed like neither team really wanted to to concede. And, you know, I, I think both teams in that first 20 minutes were just trying to kind of feel each other out and uh, and, and get that, that goal that would... Obviously, kick off progress, uh, but I, I think as soon as we scored, I, I thought we, th- we'd get more. I thought there was more goals in that game, and from around that that point on, from well, actually from around twenty minutes on, I, I, I would say um, we just looked in control. Hull never looked threatening at all, and like I say, good, good performance, and I think it's um, it, it's it's given reasons to be confident in in this system, and uh, you know reinstate confidence in this team. Mm,
1: yeah, it, it was, absolutely. And we, we just want to go on to like the shape side of things, dinner as well, because in the last podcast, we, we spoke about Boris' shape, the narrowness of it, and how maybe we want to push Hull out wide because a lot of their creativity does come from those narrow through balls in, 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 in the feet and also trying to get him behind. But you did mention last week about that big switch uh, around Boris' narrow shape and, and out of possession as well. We did see it against Hull um so are you kind of happy with like that type of setup or with us being prone to that, that long ball
3: yeah I think that's always going to be a bit of a risk in the way that we set up but I can see what Borough are trying to do there we're trying to compact the middle of the pitch to basically nullify the influence from key players like we saw with Ben Whiteman um at Preston putting out pom on him but also the wing backs and specific specifically Jones probably coming a little bit more narrow. You're always going to have that um, drawback of having gaps opening up in behind. But I think Borough set up in a way where we can get over to that side. So we're not just stuck in the middle of the pitch. We can shift over to whatever position um, the opposition picked up in, in those dangerous areas. But I think it's a good shape for Bora to be able to basically have that really compact shape between the lines and to stop that threat from the middle, like I said. And I think, I think it was either, I think it was McGree actually that mentioned it yesterday, that it, it does nullify that threat in central areas of the pitch and maybe against other teams that have that emphasis on wing play, it could cause us more problems than not. But for now, against these teams that maybe aren't so effective from wide areas that maybe don't quicker the tempo uh, efficiently enough, I think it's fine. And there are certain risks of the way that we set up and we'll, we'll talk about another one of them later, but I think it's a, a high reward, I would say. Mm.
1: Okay then, and we'll come to, uh, to Boris ship a, a little bit later on, but Tom, you're a Daryl fan when he signs, um, and it's taken a bit of time to, to get in some swing of things, but do you think that was his best performance in a Boris ship in, in midweek? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not so much of a
2: Daryl Lennar fan anymore because uh, he, he didn't score yesterday and let me down for 95 quid. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the game against Holly was uh, fantastic and, and something that uh, I think they mentioned on BBC T's maybe. Um yeah, I think it was, but they didn't show it on red button was the um the huddle. Uh he was kind of like arranging things, uh like you know, leading the team that after we'd scored uh, scored the goals, trying to probably uh keep keep everyone focused and, and, and stuff like that. You know, Wilder said when we signed him, you know, he, he was a natural leader and um that that was one of the the things we were trying to address when we signed him. I think he's really sure on that now, but yeah, defensively solid through the uh, through the entire game, and um, obviously his header was the one that, that led to a quite a scrappy goal. But um, you no, know, but all counts.
3: I really uh, want to uh, hear him say Aardvark. Just a random point here. I really want to hear <laughs> Lenahan say "ardvark" because I heard Robert Sheehan say it right. Robert Sheehan, from Umbrella Academy, shameless. I thought it was the best thing that I've ever heard, apart from Zach Stephenson sent up the borough. what I really want to hear Lenahan say. Aardvark.
1: well look Dana this podcast can do special things you know if we say we want a Kieran Scott tie we get a Kieran Scott tie uh, thank you very much Neil Madison and Paul Jews uh for that for Dana um but if you want to hear Daryl Lenahan say that Dana we can make that happen so Daryl I know you're listening uh, can you please send that voice note to Dana ASAP <laughs> please um speaking of Daryl Lenahan on, on that left-hand side uh Dana because the left-hand side has Got a lot of criticism uh, in lately, and especially in the post match as well. I think forty two percent of Hull's attacks did come from that left, uh, from from their right, so Borough's left. Um, we did say about Ryan Charles when he came to the club defensively, it could potentially be an issue. He is such an attacking fullback, then that's maybe we, maybe why we might see some negativity or lack of defensive ability from that, but. Do you understand the criticism at all? Because, you know, Bora do look fairly good for the majority of the time. It's just a potential weakness, I guess.
3: I understand it, but I don't necessarily agree with it because if you look at the dynamic between Jones and Smith on that right hand side, it's completely different to what we see on the left because in terms of average positions, if you look at McGree's, he's very centralised. He's picking up those pockets. Carrick spoke and has spoken quite a lot about exploiting the key spaces of a football match. And McGree does that. He floats in. He's basically an eight slash 10 hybrid, which is what I spoke about on another podcast episode. And he is picking up those half spaces, which I think are really fruitful areas for Borough. We saw it yesterday. They were those, runs those underlapping runs are brilliant for us and we need to utilize that more often but effectively Ryan Giles is being pushed up the pitch and he's playing as a wing back in a 4-4-2. And I think that's a good plot from Carrick to basically play to Ryan Giles's strengths because it wasn't that long ago that we saw Ryan Giles be criticised a little bit for being played too deep and he's not a, a fullback, he's somebody that needs to be in those advanced areas of the pitch of course going back, going back and, and behind Giles you are going to get caught in, uh, caught out a little bit but again tapping into the narrative of that high risk high reward I understand why Borough are doing it, I understand that dynamic because between Giles and McGree is far different than the dynamic between Smith and and Jones, who are basically playing as out and out fullbacks and wingers. You know, you'll see them two helping each other out in attack and in defense. But then when Giles comes back and we get caught on the counter, McGree's in a central position. He's in, you know, that sort of floating hole position. He doesn't have a set role. And, you know, the touch map against Bristol City, you'll see Jones very, very tight to the line. He's playing as a winger and then, Riley McGree is is playing in, as I said, those areas where he's a little bit more influenced in the central part of the pitch. So I don't mind this. I actually really like it because you can see what Borough are trying to do. You can see that they're trying to be a little bit less predictable on the left-hand side and they're trying to offer something a little bit different. They're getting Giles into the areas that we want him to be in and unfortunately that does mean that we're going to concede a few counter-attacks. But against, I think it was Preston and against Hull, McGree is that first presser. He's the one that's constantly looking to go, looking to press. And then you see Giles behind him. He's set to go as well. So in terms of counter-attacking, that could be a very fruitful partnership. And I do think there's something quite promising being built up between them two. It was our most uh, frequent passing combination in the first game against Preston. I'd love to see it. I haven't had a look at the the passing network against uh hull and and against bristol city yeah but i mean i think it would probably be somewhere similar so it it is high risk but we're trying not to be so predictable um we're Mm. trying to maybe balance it out a little bit more and i can appreciate that again the the top of the show saying that you can see what we're trying to do i think that's one of the signs of progress that we're trying to get our players into the the areas that they can influence the most
1: yeah and i tell you what, on the average positions, it is a lovely, lovely shape uh, that, is, that we've yeah. got there. And what we're trying to compact in that midfield, and I'll come on to it a little bit later on, we'll we break down a Blackpool, but um, what Bora's trying to do, it absolutely spot on, Dan, and what uh, McGree's doing really well there is if, if he has that more compact shape, more central position, it does free up Giles on that left-hand side, and like you were saying there, to, to get the balls in the box uh, for him, and... Look, it's part and parcel of the formations you play. And I think what four four two or four two three, what we're doing, it does give you a lot of tech, uh, tactical flexibility, but it does leave you prone to to certain counter attacks. Or oh, four three three, if else, they're trying to use the extra man in midfield. And I think what Boru are trying to do there, just compact the the shape when we're, when we're trying to press. And when we were saying it on the on the last podcast, like the pro and negative of that four four two or the four two 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 or four two three one because it is so flexible. Mm. Um, our press in those moments on on the wing side of things, we are trying to compact teams into making that mistake. And I think that's where Borough's biggest chances will start to come from now from opposition mistakes in that press in those pressing areas. And like you were saying at the start of the show, that that uh, long ball over the top is the the counter to it because you are pressing a lot of people in a certain area, but then you are caught sometimes, but you've got since the press has has to be so quick and so efficient. Them. That's how you tend to create the chance. But in terms of what you were saying there on the shape and what Giles and that left-hand side, yes, it might be a problem right now, but there is so many more positives which counteract that negative and no formation is, is perfect, is it really? Um, mm. Let's let's be honest. I mean, like 3-5 to the Borough played was really good for possession side of things, but we were prone in, in wing search situations and also 2v1s. So part and parcel, isn't it? But in terms of a player that's moved... into a slight different position. And Steve Pom. he's playing as more of like a 10 centre forward, but he's been absolutely flourishing. Um, Tom, how how good was he against Hull? Because another goal for him as well. And he just seems to be enjoying his football at the moment. Uh, Very good, I I would say. Um, You know,
2: I I think it it was kind of summed up perfectly probably in the last couple of minutes where he did that... um, was it the last couple of minutes? Or no, it was for the third goal where he did he started off the move with that outside foot pass mm-hmm. to, to Giles on the left hand side. I was like, I've ne- not seen Akpom do that before. Oh. But absolutely perfect. Um <clears throat> yeah, uh, he was absolutely brilliant as all well. I can't say kind can mean, of enough kind of positives uh, about him for that performance. He he does, like you say, seem like he's really enjoying his football at the moment. He obviously popped up with another goal yesterday. And I, f- I think this is such a change to uh, to the Akpom that we saw when he first came in.
3: He basically created his first goal as well, um, as much mm. as the second goal was fantastic. And I mean, he, he held off Jacob Greaves, didn't he? I think Jacob Greaves went in for that tackle and then he evaded him and that lovely lovely outside of the foot pass but also the first one he it's on that left hand side and he manages to wiggle his way beyond both with physicality and and great technical skill beyond about three whole players I think it was and it was the cross into the box and eventually obviously that leads to Tommy Smith's cross and then Chiribat popping up where you would want your striker to pop up so it was a nigh-on perfect performance from him against Hull
1: yeah, and he's got seven goals this season now, five in the last eight. Um, obviously eight games since uh, Chris Wilder left, uh, and uh, yeah, five five goals, an absolute redemption arc on Tuba. But what's your thoughts on the Tuba redem- redemption arc, Dana? Because I mean, under a proper under a couple of regimes, you know, Warnock a little bit of Wilder as well, out in the cold so much, and he's just to come, to, just for him to come back and, and put in the form and performances he's doing right now. It's really good to see, isn't it?
3: It is, and I remember saying in pre-season on the Telegram chat that I wonder if Chris Wilder will use cheer Batman. am obviously Wilder was in charge at that point, of course, because I looked at some of his goals for for Pauk, and he was uh, he was getting into those really good positions on the near post, the far post. You know that knack that some strikers have of just being in the right areas? I saw that for some of his highlights at Pauk, and of course, their highlights. But I thought we could see something from him here. I I said, I don't think he's going to chip in. Well, I thought he was going to chip in with a few goals. He's probably exceeded my expectations of him, despite me probably predicting that he could play a part this season, but he's been absolutely fantastic. And I am, I said it on tears. I've said it on this podcast. I'm so, so happy for him because I think a certain manager will probably be revising what he said on tube wrap, and probably going back to the very first quote that we heard from Mr. Neil Warnock that he was his number one target or whatever. Because look at him now, you know, he's absolutely brilliant in terms of physically taking that ball in, turning the technical technicality the outside of the the pass is is just really really good at the moment and in terms of goals per 90 he's actually the top rank in the championship he's averaging a goal every 115 minutes I think it's seven shots sorry seven goals from 12 shots on target he has which probably isn't sustainable this is me probably deflating the balloon there but as Borough fans You've got to take that, haven't you? And I don't even care if it's not sustainable. I mean, I'm enjoying it for what it is in this moment. And he's been absolutely fantastic.
1: I bet you're for a parties, Dana. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just absolute negativity on-, on that, you know? God, you never know. It's life of be a better.
3: Borough fan, Johnny. the life <laughs> of a Borough fan.
1: I know, I know. Uh, Tom, how do you think he's been able to turn this farmer on then? I think he's
2: always I think he's always had the potential to do it. Uh, I mean from my point of view, you don't get into Arsenal's academy and, and come through that academy if there's if there's nothing about you football wise. And you know, it was only uh last week or the week before where I think it was the, the it was an article from the Independent in 2013 where it was saying what, what the uh, what the World Cup squad for this year would look like and it's Daniel Surge and Chuba Rackpom up front. So like, <laughs> he he's always uh, you know been rated by by some people as just career kind of fell off a little bit. Um I do wonder how much of an impact having fans in the stadium again is doing for him though because obviously he signed under Warnock and you know had that that you know COVID season where there was no one there some of my memories of him from that season, like, you know, missing, missing open goals from a few yards out and, you know, trying chip shops when, uh, shots, not shops and uh, <laughs> putting them over, over the bar. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's his first like real season playing in front of fans for, for Borough now, I believe, uh, I think all those COVID seasons and blending into one, but I think it is. And, He's, you know, the, the type of form that he's he's showing. I think that loan move last year has probably done him done him a world of good in terms of getting regular play time. Uh, you know, getting his confidence back, and then just seeing him that this season. It's not even just like goals that he's contributing; it's the the physicality that side of it. Um, and you can just tell he's he's such a confident player at the moment. Going back to that outside foot pass that he did against Hull. You know, an, an unconfident player wouldn't be doing that. What well, he absolutely
1: nailed it and as Dana said it's it's just it's really good to see for him Yeah it is and it, it just shows like how important confidence is in football and it's probably arguably one of the most important things to have because if you're confident you can pretty much do anything and with obviously with Tuba you know he's went from having a chip shop called Chip, uh, chip Off The Old Tuba and uh, he's just now now scoring goals so uh Tom, I will <laughs> I do I to. it was there. It was an open goal. <laughs> it was an open goal and I took it. Um yeah, speaking of open goals, look. yeah. Speaking of open goals and not taking the chances, uh we'll talk about Bristol City then because Borough had twenty three shots and nine on target on Saturday with seventy two percent possession. Uh it was the first game for Michael Carrick as well at the riverside. But a one one draw probably should have won Dana, but we didn't. Uh but how would you assess the the game against Bristol City?
3: I was a bit frustrated with with the outcome because I thought our performance in parts, and, and in quite a few parts actually, was really good. And I thought it was a winnable game. Nigel Pearson set up that Bristol City side to be very, very attacking. I was just listening to three peeps in a pod. Obviously, we had Patch on the opposition shot. And they were, they couldn't get their head around that formation and the personnel behind it. Yeah, not really the formation, but the personnel behind it. You know, Semenyo and, and Vyman as, as wing-backs. Uh, as a non-Bristol City fan, that did raise my eyebrows as well. But I thought when we moved it quickly, we looked really dangerous and we started incredibly well. I mentioned earlier, those underlapping runs are so fruitful for us. There's, there's a move that I want to describe, 44 minutes in at the game, that I really, really liked. Ended up in force's shot hitting the hitting the bar. Uh, Yeah, post. But it was a cross and it comes back out. Howson brings it down and then him and Hackney play it between one another before he quickens the tempo a little bit, plays it to to Jones on the right-hand side. And as Jones has the ball, in the meantime, there are two runs being made. Uh, one on the outside of him from Smith and the other on the inside from Hackney and this is where the half space comes into play. So Jones feeds it between two Bristol City players uh, to Hackney in that half space and Hackney, lovely piece of play, lets the ball run across him, he cuts it back and you have to say it's it's literally on the money, right on the money for Force, who at that point is about a yard or two back from the penalty spot. Uh, he hits that shot and unfortunately for us, uh, Tim McCloser blocks it, but... Those half spaces are dangerous for Borough. It's where we saw under Chris Wilder, we had a really big impact. It's where I really want to see Jones, those cutbacks on the byline in the half space. We need to utilise that more. And when we did in that first half, I thought we were really good. Their goal came against the run of play. It was poor, And I think because of Bristol City after that, they reverted to a bit of a low block and then Borough started to play it a little bit safe because of that. But yeah, it was not It was a a good game. You know, the the second half, we got that early goal and I really hoped that we would push on from there. But Max O'Leary had one hell of a game. He made the most saves in the Championship this game week with eight. Uh, But yeah, I think in terms of XG, uh, 1.79 for Borough and 1.08 for uh, Bristol City. So you're looking at pretty much almost a 2-1 game there. But unfortunately, in actuality, it didn't work out that way. But more positives than negatives to come from that game, I'd say.
1: Yeah, what's interesting is like the XG under Carrick's been pretty much the XG, uh, XG against has been pretty much under zero for the all three games and shows like how we've started to like sharpen up and tighten up more, more defensively and you know starting to build on it. But Boris XG against this season is, is been amazing, I think. I think is it like 13 out of 20 games or something, that like that, where we it's under, under zero, not so under, under one, sorry. Um and I don't know how we've managed to lose those games, but I think we're in the top we're...
3: five for XG yeah. against, which is which is good. Um, in yeah. terms of you know that law allowing the low quality chances against us.
1: But it's Bora, and we love to concede anyway. Um, but <laughs> we'll come to that goal in in just a second Dana, But Tom, I want to hear your thoughts on on Bora's possession and chances because you know seventy two percent possession, probably the highest this season. We spoke a lot about possession as well, but how do you think that one? How did Boro not win that game? And two, with all the possession that we had, has it started to improve a little bit more in terms of like how we're trying to play out out from the back and maybe move into certain areas? Yeah, well,
2: I think the reason we didn't win that game is because we got absolutely football managed with the stats. Um, you just <laughs> you say say that in it in you know about five games a season where you. <laughs> Absolutely batter on a team and, and they'll win 1-0 or you'll draw 1-1 or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the possession style, I'm really enjoying watching it at the moment. There are times where, you know, we, we are playing out from the back, um, especially from goal kicks. Like I've seen Hackney coming deep to to get the ball and carry it into midfield. And, you know, it, it's a different style of play than what we've been used to under Wilder. Um, a different style of possession, but we, it's possession with intent. We're we're always looking to to do something with the ball. Where I, I can't say the same thing um, for the second half, probably the two, last two thirds of Wilders run. To be honest, there was a lot of kind of aimless passing it around at the back. But now, what what is good to see is we're keeping keeping the ball, but the the passes that we're we playing it's it's more intelligent we're, we're we're keeping hold of the ball but getting in we were into attacking positions so we can you know try and make something and I think that was shown yesterday in the amount of chances that we had just uh, as as Dana said Maxwell Leary was absolutely on fire yesterday
1: just on the possession stuff Tom like obviously there was a selection. Of supporters that was weren't happy with that type of style and say it was a bit too lacklustre, We weren't playing with as much intent. Do you think? What do you think they're trying to see in terms of the game? Because on one hand, possession is a great thing, but then second hand, possession doesn't always win your games, and it kind of proved yesterday. So, like, my question is, like, what do you think Borough have to do next in terms of they've gotten the possession and they're playing with a bit more tempo But what can we do more of to try and turn those turn those draws into into wins? I mean if we
2: can emulate what we did yesterday across uh, you know the majority of our games then we're going to win more than than we draw uh, I th- I think we were unlucky yesterday to come a, uh, come up against such a I don't even know if their keeper was informed but he certainly is now like <laughs> <laughs> um he'd come up against that keeper on on that day but what what's going to be really interesting for me is that first game after the world cup because I think, you know, it, it's such a unique season in that we've essentially got a mini preseason right in the middle of it while the World Cup's going on. We've got four weeks there for, for Carrick to kind of really uh, instill his ideas into the squad and, and work with him. Because, I mean, we are looking better now, but, you know, he, he's only worked with him for about a week and a half and we've had three games in that time. So it's going to be game prep for one game. You, you might get a couple of, like... Yeah. Um, you know, train, training sessions in on certain styles and philosophies in that time, but you've always got to be looking ahead to the next game. If we can have a solid four weeks where he gets to work on the training ground with them, I expect the uh, is is Luton our first game back. I, I think we're mm. going to see a com- completely uh, different Borough team to to what we used to. I think it's just going to be a much more polished version of what we've seen now.
0: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombuscom slash
2: acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase.
1: Gives me a little bit of ITOR vibes. Remember, like under Crankwell, we would have like a get like a week a game and a full week of training, and then another game. And it, we just felt like we were a lot more polished and more, like, not robotic in how we played, but it felt like a, we were a much better side than when we were playing three games in a week. Um, so maybe we could see something similar to that. Obviously, that's way, way too early to, to tell. And But I, I kind of agree with you, Tom. Like the, the things that he's implemented already has been quite impressive uh, so far. Uh, but Dana, I want to talk about this Bristol City goal because of all the positives that we've probably seen in the game yesterday there was just one moment for Bristol City, one big chance in the game, and they took it. And how did they get that chance and how did they take that chance?
3: Yeah, it was frustrating, but they were always going to pose as a threat on the counter-attack. They have some really good attacking players, you know, Vime and Semenya, Tommy Conway, even Naki Wells has been good for them. So it was really disappointing to concede. The move starts as I will throw and and I'm not going to get triggered about this like I did for the Coventry goal. I don't think... Any goal could have triggered me as much as that one, or maybe the Watford one, because Mooners did have that shot on the halfway line. But this one's, you know, nothing's untoward here. It's just a standard throw-in for Borat. But what happens is, I think because of the position of Housen and Hackney, Hackney was the one that uh, received the throw-in from Giles, and his body position is a certain way where i'm looking at that and i'm thinking right tommy smith has come infield from his right back position because of the position of of johnny house and who's a little bit more advanced than his usual role tommy Smith's occupied effectively where house usually is in that deep midfield position so you're probably looking at that third man there in tommy smith coming infield and hackney looks like he's Wanting that ball to Tommy Smith and then he's going to go and, he's, and he wants to receive it back. So a bit of a one-two there, a little triangle uh, around that Bristol City player who I think is Alex Scott. Uh, and this is fine. It's still fine in this position. But then what's not fine is the touch of Tommy Smith. It's just so, so poor because I think him moving into that central midfield area is, is okay because you can see why he's doing it. He's offering the ball. He wants to be brave. He wants to receive it and he wants to get Borough moving. However, that touch is terrible. And Borough can see possession with all but Dale Fry and Darrell Lennahan behind the ball. Now, this does change because Jones and and Housen are alerted to the danger, so they move back a little bit. But then... The amount of space that's offered in behind is ridiculous. And then you look at Ryan Giles' position in conjunction to where Tommy Conway is. And basically this move shifts from from left to right, back to left and back to the right. And it's frustrating because all throughout that move, Ryan Giles is nowhere near Tommy Conway. We spoke earlier about that's just the the risk that you're going to have in the way that Borough play. But he doesn't get back quick enough, unfortunately, Giles. And yeah, throughout that move, Tommy Conway is in that space. And you'll see, because Borough have identified that the danger is on their left-hand side and our right-hand side, most of our players are moving into basically...
1: (sighs) More more compact shape because you're defending your goal. And then, obviously, someone has to come across to try and get Mm. into that area. So I'm assuming that's why we're looking to try and play in that compact shape.
3: Yeah, there's a word that I'm thinking of that's just fallen out of my arse, but they, they've basically gone towards nice. that uh, that space. <laughs> yeah, lovely, isn't it? But they're on that, that right-hand, our right-hand side, um, and it's what this does is, obviously, you look at that space that Semenyo, both Semenyo and Tommy Conway have. Compromise was the word, compromise. But you look at the space that Tommy Conway and Antoine Semenyo have, there's a lot of space there. And you have to say it is an incisive and effective and very good counter attack from Bristol City. But the way that it manifests itself is because of our mistake. But Charles is still well behind Tommy Conway when the ball's played to him and is about to be played back towards uh, Andreas Fireman. And as I said, that's just the risk that you're going to have. I, I, I don't blame Giles for this, for not getting back in time, because he's very high up the pitch. And that's where you want Giles to be. You know, he's a wing back. He's got a good delivery nine times out of ten, although we didn't really see it yesterday. But you want him in those areas of the pitch, those high areas. So you're going you're gonna to have that drawback there, that potential negative. And we did see it yesterday. But it's really Tommy Smith's bad pass. I think sometimes you could say that's a fantastic counter-attack. Fair enough. The players, I don't know, press. They've they've triggered a press. They've won the ball back. It's fantastic uh, gaining possession and countering. But that's just Borough giving Bristol City the ball back, which is incredibly poor. But also something that I'm hopeful will be ironed out of our game. But to be fair to them, it's a fantastic counter-attack. It's just really disappointing the way that it comes about. But hey... Um, we are actually joined in terms of uh, conceded counter-attacks uh, this season, the joint most we've conceded. Only three, but still, I feel like that will grow, and I'm surprised it's not actually that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised it's not more, just because I think we've seen a few times us being careless in possession, and that was another example of it, unfortunately.
1: Just on that, then um, we talk about like when we talk about phases of, of play in terms of like when you know when a goal happens, it's, it's normally the stake three where I in mean, that first phase out of the three before someone goes to score. Just on the on the first graphic that you, you showed up, there's a, there's a part of where uh, Hayden Hackney, sorry, I meant the second one where Hayden Hackney saves the ball, and for me, if, if Hayden Hackney looks to his right hand side and sees Darrell Han this move, opposite this, this counter-attack, doesn't probably happen. I think when we do get the ball, it comes back to Lenahan. Lenahan's got two options there, which is a more or higher percentage in terms of getting reduced reduced on a counter-attack. So if he comes back to, to Lenahan here, he's got to open his body up. He's probably got Fry on that more central player of the pitch, and then also he's got Stefan even more. So sometimes when you're recycling, right. that, you are, you are probably reducing the risk of anything that probably happened to it. And now you might get a, a groan from a fan and say, oh, well, are we playing backwards and stuff like that? But for me, I think that that ball to, to Smith, although it's that Abura trying to play with intent and trying to get forward, and it's much more positive way of playing, I don't think he needs to play that ball. I think he he's looking at Tommy Smith there. And Smith's getting, already getting pressed here. And I know it's like a, a very soft press and it's not really not it's very easy because because the opposition players run in a different direction but for me smith i just think the way his body's going to be placed here i don't think that's the right ball to be honest and i think where smith could mm. play his only his only ball that smith can play there is to ryan giles and giles has already got some menu on him so for me i think borough have to look at maybe that decision make, and maybe it's been a bit too picky but i think that ball to i don't i don't that mind that
3: I don't mind that because I remember a game we played earlier this season where we were so safe in the way that we were mm. playing, too safe. We weren't being brave on the ball. I appreciate that move mm. there. It's just, it's the it's the touch. I don't necessarily think that the only player there that uh, Tommy Smith can pass to is Giles because you saw Hayden Hackney's body position. He actually does make that run forward, which we see Hayden Hackney do. He's very good at at receiving it giving it and then going he has the, the past is to giant uh, to um who am i talking about you so, someone muted me so i'm like, i'm lost now He <laughs> muted me um to it was me.
1: yeah me. there we go sorry it was me so I, I acted it accident
3: <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> threw me there johnny but yeah i think that's I, I don't mind that because i think that's Bora being brave in possession it's just unfortunate in that moment it's just a really really bad and heavy touch from from tommy smith
1: yeah i mean
3: can i mute you now
1: (laughs) you can mute me yeah because i I heard like Um... an echo on my headphone i thought i'll just mute myself to get rid of the 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 echo um but i think that's on the on, on the smith stuff like even when you look at the second pass and the third pass from that it's only Giles on and then you're gonna to have to create your shape again. Well not shape, but you're gonna to have to rotate again to try and find that next pass. So that next pass was probably gonna be two fry. But I mean, you could go on it for, for ages. It's like it's happened and you can't transition it. But I mean, for the positivity side, I agree. The fact that we're trying to recycle in that half space, in that area, I think it's still really positive and we should look to continue to do that, even if we are trying to play too safe. But and speaking of heading hacking in Dana before I muted you, um <laughs> he's <laughs> <laughs> he's played more games now. He started to really get find the groove of, of championship football. How do you think he's looking now?
3: I think he's looking good and he looks comfortable. That's the biggest compliment that I could give him. He looked comfortable when he made his debut for Borough in the Brentford Cup game in lockdown season. And he's looked comfortable in pretty much every game I've seen of him. And that's the biggest compliment that I could give him. Carrick said he looks like he's been playing there for 10 years and I completely agree. He's very good at, like I said, receiving the ball under pressure. Looking at a few of his Y scout clips, there's a lot of moments labelled under pressure pass. And I think that's the good of Hayden Hackney. And I'm not surprised that Carrick does like him. He's the one that will receive, as Tom mentioned, from goal kicks and he'll be able to play on the half turn and quicken the tempo a little bit with with house and push up. But in that game yesterday, he had the third most touches in the game with 105. 91 total passes, 85 accurate, the best passing accuracy in the Borough, 11. And even in the whole game, only only Tommy Conway had a 100% passing accuracy, but he only made nine passes so we're going to just going to discount him there but 100% dribble success from three dribbles the three dribbles were the second most from both sides in that game, 100% tackle success from three tackles the second most from both sides uh, and two key passes as well, Jones was the highest on five so I thought he had a brilliant game, passed the eye test really well reflected in the stats as well and um, congrats to him as well because Scotland under 21 call up absolutely brilliant for him
1: it is uh, it's a really good achievement, especially after only a few games as well, and st- taking that step into international football. It'd be great to see how he's gonna develop over like, the next few games in the second half of the season if he gets the opportunity to play. But I want to talk about this a moment in the in the game, Tom, um around, around where Borough probably could have won it or we're looking more on top. Um, you know, force was getting them behind, and then he was he was subs, uh, subbed off uh, for Crooks. Um, how do you think that sub impacted the game? Because it felt like the game changed quite significantly. Yeah, I mean,
2: I'm not against that sub being made um, because after having you sent our group chat yesterday, Force was it was obviously getting him behind, like you said, and pulling a lot of the players out of position, so there was a lot more space for Rakpom. However, I, I'm very well aware that he sprints absolutely everywhere, um, <laughs> <laughs> so. I think around the 70 minute mark, must be getting tired around that point. Um, so I'm not against you know, subbing force off on 70 minutes because he was an absolute, uh, absolute workforce yesterday. Um, in, in the game,
1: <laughs> I was waiting I've for someone just to get got that. that. Work
3: for. <laughs> he just got, I was like, Isn't it workhorse?
1: <laughs> it got, uh, uh, it <laughs> I was told I, I you was know only I was like, oh, I was like, wait. He said, he said a pun there. And I was like, wait, how's that it? <laughs>
3: well done, Tom. Well done.
1: Thank you. I mean, I, it took me a while
2: to get that one, and I said it. So, uh...
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So where was uh, it? I'd have probably, I'd have taken him off for of one of the other striker options, to be honest. And mm. I think out of the two of them, I'd have maybe went with Matthew Hoppy, Um just because. Mm. We, we, we know kind of his game is kind of um, chasing people down, pressing a lot. That That's where one of his his strengths is. Um, so I feel like that would have been a very like-for-like uh, like change uh, hobby for, for force. Crux coming on, I do feel like it stopped us, uh, stopped our attacking momentum a little bit. Um, I think it kind of slowed things down. I, I'm not entirely sure um, what the plan was for, from that. Um, I'm, I'm not, even saying, you know, Crooks came on and he was terrible or anything like that. But um, I, I don't know, it was just, it, it was such a a different change from what was working in the game. And I, I just, I don't think that paid off.
3: You've got to it get was, balls into yeah. the box when, sorry, Johnny, I know I've interrupted you about five times today, but you've got to get crosses at the box for Crooks. And we kept hitting the first man and that was the theme of the game. It was just ball at the box, Hit the first man, or Tim the heads it away. You've got to get those balls into the box for Crooks, and we just didn't really do that.
1: I was I was going to say yeah, the exact same thing, Rayden, and then also the, the 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 sub for Crooks. It, it, it kind of felt that Borough weren't trying to to play into a striker; they were trying to to get the ball out wide and play through. Uh, but when you when Crooks came on, he had more of that central space, and Akpon was finding a lot of his joy. In those key areas of the pitch, you know, just outside the penalty box and trying to be the, the most effective the most effective part of the pitch. And when crooks came on, it felt like they just isolated each other. And it was like, I don't know why is it where we went with that. Maybe he was trying to hold off like hold the ball up before Akpom to get in. I really I really I just don't understand it, but I mean it's it was a sub that I thought it just wasn't the right sub for Crooks to come in. If Crooks was to come on then maybe Akpon might have been the shout or, you know, maybe like a, a house in or something like that and and just see how the, the game was going to develop from that. But it might not have been the 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 right sub in, in our opinion, but we'll have to see why uh Carrick made it. But in terms of Carrick Tom, because he's had three games now, one win, one draw, one defeat. Um we are learning more and more about Michael Carrick's Millsborough and how it's gonna change over like the, probably the, the rest of the season. You know what we'll see now and maybe maybe in the new year completely different probably. Uh, but what do you think is different to the pre- previous regime, Tom? What can you what can you see? <clears throat> well I think we have covered it already, the narrow shape. Um I mm-hmm.
2: think that's working pretty well for us from a defensive standpoint. I feel like Carrick's probably came in, identified an area where we were conceding goals from um, and kind of address that. Um, unfortunately, we did recruit for a back three. Um, so it, it does seem like that's maybe been ripped up a little bit, but I also do think that the four working, um and, and that narrow formation, I, I think, does suit us. And I just think, as I said earlier, possession with intent. Um, there was so many... I mean, it, it, it even goes back to last January when we all went to Blackburn away uh, and, and got there that like five the minutes after, after kick-off because we couldn't find a parking <laughs> space. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's where it started, the the possession without actually doing much of it under under Wilder. There was a lot in that game of just aimless crossing, the, uh, uh, passing across the back three. Um, and it's... It, was a bit of a pattern that continued and I, I just I don't feel like we're doing that anymore. I feel like when we get possession now we're looking forwards. <clears throat> or you give it to someone like Hackney who's who's good at carrying the ball and can and can beat a man in centre midfield to create space and, and give it to someone else. I think you know that um that clip that we posted that that went viral about um Carrick, you know Teaching, uh, you know, basic stuff to open up the pitch to to our midfielders. I, I feel like that's working pretty well. And there, there was something I I've spot, I spotted yesterday from from where I was sat uh, in the box in the box behind uh, behind the the bench. There were multiple times in the first half where like. Johnny Housen was coming over to to speak to Carrick. Carrick was giving him instructions and you could just say it in Housen's face. Like he was just like understanding, understanding, and then he'd go and like take that to, to everyone else. I don't I feel like with Wilder, because I've seen it from the same seat a few times, um, he was kind of very much much more um uh shouty. Um and I just I I, I don't feel like Players were were taken on board what he was saying as as those instructions, but I really like the way that that Carrick kind of coaches them through us. Um, I feel like you know, identify mistakes and then and then coach that out of people. It's it's a great way uh, to manage, and I, I feel like the initial three games you can see progress where he is doing that.
1: Dan, is there anything to add from that?
3: I think he wants us to play out from the back more. I think that's what he's encouraging. <clears throat> and you'll see when Zach Steph, Because Zach Steph is a very good goalkeeper in terms of playing out from the back and pinging those balls over to the wide areas. But also, because we've got Hackney in the team, who is a ball carrier now and will take it on the half turn and is, is comfortable receiving under pressure, you will see us play that way and play out from the back a little bit more. I think we're seeing the defenders probably play out as well. Against Hull, you saw Lenihan with that very low ball across the floor to the feet of the strikers. And our build-ups are different as well, I think, in terms of, obviously, Jones isn't getting into those spaces that I want him to... He needs to work on his crossing, obviously. But I think the build-up the build up from the back and actually transitioning the player from defence to attack, we saw it yesterday, it was very slick and it was very seamless. And when we move the ball quickly, we look very dangerous. And yet the narrow shape, um, in and out of possession, the flexibility, Carrick has said that he does really have a set system. So it'll be interesting to see that going forward. Um, and also, just a little quirk that I've noticed: we want to play straight from the off. So a lot of the time, what you'll see under Wilder and under Warnock will boot the ball long from kickoff. I noticed against Preston, second half played along the floor. Played it along the floor. We want to play straight away. We want to play immediately. So there's little things that I'm picking up on that that I'm quite liking so far. So you can see, as I said, the foundations being put in place to get this team playing the way that Carrick wants to.
1: Yeah, I've never understood that really because of like when you play a backer's hit long into like a, into a channel or like across the pitch, and yeah, it does get you up the pitch. But nine times out like of ten, you lose the ball, so it's just mm. like well, that was kind of pointless, wasn't it? Um, but with, with that, it's really good. I think just the one, the one big change I've seen is I think Borough have become a really good counter-pressing team. To be honest, um, like I was saying a little bit earlier, a lot of our chances now are coming from a counter-press because a, a team is doesn't know how to, to manage it I think as soon as you you get that instinct of a, a slower pass or something that's maybe a little bit misplaced we're on them like really really quickly and we're able to to generate the the space that we need to get in behind I, I think there was a chance in the first half yesterday where we counter-pressed really well won the ball uh and on the transition from Hackney, he played play it through to McGree and McGree should have, should have probably scored uh but he, he didn't but I think that there and I was obviously the Preston one as well won it in a key area of the pitch on that right hand side switch a play up again McGree probably should have took it on and had a shot maybe Riley agrees the problem here um, but just the, <laughs> uh, but like I was saying like that counter press and transition is really really good and although we're becoming more possession based it's nice to have that counter press within it and it's definitely within that shape that we're seeing um, but let's move on. Let's move on to questions because every week you send us your questions via Twitter, um, email the theborrabreaktown at hotmail.com or by our Telegram chat and that you can join all the 300 Borough fans talking absolutely anything but Borough. Um, and there's loads of different channels in there. There's a the gaming <laughs> chat now, there's a the Football League one, uh, there's Premier League and just away day tickets. There's so, so much uh, for you to join and join the community because it's a really fun one. Um, but the first question we've got is from and He says, "Hey guys, uh, for which position do you see uh, the biggest need to bring in new players during the transfer window in the winter? Um, do you think one or two players could be the missing pieces for a four-four-two to fully click?" Uh, Tom, do you want to take this one?
3: If he unmutes his mic. If, if you
1: unmute yourself, Tom. Um,
3: <laughs> it was in full swing then. did Tom. not
1: even realise that. <laughs> oh, I need to go back it's to like it's like, it, but... call, it? it's like it a is. Zoom call today, this. <laughs> it's like a Zoom um, call.
2: I, I feel like we might need a few in January. I'd like to see uh, a backup right back brought in because um, I feel like if we were to lose Tommy Smith, uh, we wouldn't really have too much cover in that area. So that might make things a bit difficult for us, Uh, but other than that, I think the midfield is where we need to be looking. I think another centre midfielder and kind of a number um, ten, number ten or a winger uh, to to bring in. Obviously, it's going to be difficult during January to kind of get quality players uh, in in those positions. Um, You know, no no club's going to be wanting to to lose a a first choice player uh, halfway through the season. But I feel like those are, those are areas that we need to address. And I don't think we're too far off uh, making this system work. I do think even though we've recruited for the 3-5-2, um, the players that we've brought in, they can fit into the um, the system that we've switched to. Um, it's just we were light in midfield anyway. Um, and I think now that we've we've moved to to full backs again, we're light at fullback, uh well, a right back. So um yeah, I think those are the the areas that need to address to to make it work.
1: Okay, and just as you're on about full backs and wingers, uh, the next question feeds quite nicely to that because Rob said, uh, With our wingers proven being ineffective, uh, is there any other formation we should be looking to use? Uh, Dana, is there anything else?
3: I think you could probably play four, to, yeah, probably four, two, three, one with more inverted forwards, I suppose. Um, maybe, you know, like a Watmore, for example. But then who plays on the other side? Um, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because as Tom said, we did recruit for a three at the back. So there's a few problems there, but I wouldn't change it. I know that the wingbacks are, I wouldn't say being ineffective, I'd say not as effective, but they're still getting on the ball, they're still influencing play. They just need to refine a few little bits of their game, which I think is for me no reason to, to change. But to answer the question, yeah, maybe a, a four, two, three, one. I know that's kind of what we play anyway, um, in some situations when we have the ball, but Maybe with Watmore, for example, because Watmore's not going to come in and and, and cross the ball. Is he? He's going to want to run into those channel areas and he's going to want to try to shoot himself or cause problems through his dribbling. So I think Watmore's suddenly, for me anyway, quite a key player in terms of that flexibility. So it's just about copying Watmore, I suppose, or getting somebody similar.
1: Okay, then. next question, uh, Tom. I'm coming to you, so be ready. Uh, where does Crooks fit now uh, into this side? Uh, is the centre forward where he fits in? Uh, so, what do you think? Well, where does Crooks fit into this side now? I
2: really don't want to see Crooks at centre
1: forward. Um, I, I think it
2: has. <laughs> I think it has to be centre mid, but there's no reason to change the centre mid pairing that we have at the moment uh hackney's there on merit and I think Howison has adapted the new system well and he's he's doing well in that system as well as, as being the um the less um uh, less advanced centre midfielder um and you know let hackney be the legs and, and, and carry the ball a lot so yeah I I think Crooks needs to, to earn his way back in and I want to say that in centre midfield I, I don't want to see uh, Crooks playing as a as a striker because we've got other strikers that you know Muniz wins wins headers every time he plays. So for what we'd probably want from Crooks as a striker, I think Muniz would do it better. Um, and then we've got death in in, in striker anyway. So I, I don't think that's that's a position where we need to um, repurpose Crooks into playing.
1: Just to add to that as well, it might be a, a very strange one, but. If we were to move into a 4-2-3-1 or no, the similar are playing, crooks in for uh, for Jones, right, on the right hand side, but you play with a more of a wider winger. So you would maybe take out McGree and put in the Giles um and put baller in as a left back or Matt Clark because Matt Clark can play there as well. Um but you play with, with a wider winger and it was very similar to when Stuani plays uh, on that on that right hand side of a four two three one. Get him in at the back post because you're knocking that long ball across and Crooks would be in the back post for the header and trying to get in, and get in from there. And that could be a nice little tactical play from Borough if they were to do that. Um, or maybe head the ball back in for maybe a force who likes to play in around the six-yard box. And I think that could be quite a nice angle for for Borough to do. Uh, so maybe maybe that. Um, then the final question, is from Jazzy, says, how has Carrick's start compared to our expectations of him? Good, bad, good in a way we didn't expect, bad in a way we didn't predict. Uh, Tom, I'll keep with you. Um, How has Carrick's start compared to our expectations of him? Well, I didn't have any
2: expectations, personally. I didn't know what (laughs) to expect from from Michael Carrick. So, for me, I'm feeling quite good about the start. Um, Obviously, I I, I really wish that we hadn't lost to Preston, um, as as that was just a a, a waste of a a long journey for me. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I, I, I mean... We we looked good in that game anyway, and I feel like we've just built on that since the the whole game whole was terrible, and we absolutely yeah. deserved to to win that game um, the the way we did. And then we should have won yesterday as well. Um, I think the like I said earlier, w- what he's been able to do in a week and a half in in terms of uh, changing the style and um, making us a little bit better in possession intent wise. Um, I, I think that that's probably exceeded what I thought was possible uh, with with him coming in in, in such a, a short space of time. So just looking forward to seeing where we go from here now.
1: Dan, is there anything else to add to that? Or do you want to move on?
3: No, I'd, I'd agree with Tom. I didn't really have any expectations. But I suppose even with that, I have been pleasantly surprised at just how quickly he's been able to implement certain things. And that's only a good thing going forward. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I would add. I'd probably echo it and then add that little bit at the end.
1: Okay, then. Well, let's move on to the Praise and Place then, because the Praise and Place is the place we like to give praise to. A fan, a person at the club, a player, a chips and chips and gravy, a pizza shop, anything you want, or even <laughs> uh, Kieran Scott's fashion designer um, for this wonderful tie <laughs> that me and Dana are both wearing. Um, so, Praise and Place, who gets your place uh, this week, Dana? Who are you going to give it to?
3: I've got two players in mind for this one. First is okay. Riley McGree because he had a really difficult evening against Hull. Nothing came off for him. You could have probably played the Benny Hill theme tune over his game because it, just nothing was sticking for him unfortunately but he was very good against Bristol City. He was occupying the exact spaces that I think Michael Carrick could want him to and influencing the game because of that. He was pulling players out of their position, opening up space elsewhere, and he was very, very unlucky not to score. He had the most shots. Uh, of any player in the Championship this game week, although his actually wasn't particularly high. But still, Max O'Leary made some fantastic saves uh, against him. And he was he, I think he was unfortunate not to get a goal yesterday, Riley McGree. But he did set up that uh, equaliser from Tua Bratpom. So, uh, yeah, I thought Riley McGree was brilliant. He's come under a lot of criticism. So I think it's only right that we do give him some praise as well. And then Zach Steffen as well, because he was outside the Riverside, uh, outside the North Stand before the game, donating to Middlesbrough Food banks. So I thought, you know, he's a brilliant player to have at the club, Zach Steffen, because in terms of those key societal issues, he does put his voice out there. And I absolutely love that. So it was brilliant to see him getting involved. Um, and he gave it a good little up the borough uh, at the end of that video. So, yeah, um, big fan of that. So but both of those in the praise of place this week.
1: Okay, Ryan McGree and Zach Stefan. I've got to mention it is the Zach Stefan present place now. You so. did,
3: yeah. I was waiting for that mention as well.
1: <sighs> it's alright. I'll, I'll find. I'll find a way to squeeze it in. But Tom, who gets <laughs> uh, your nomination this week? Um, I was going to say Akpom and
2: Hackney, but I definitely echo what has just said said there about McGree. I thought I thought he was excellent yesterday. Uh, he had a a chance in the first half. He Hell of a turn! Someone someone gave him the ball, and mm. he just pretty much turned on the spot and and took one of the uh, Bristol Fingered players out, well. out of the game. Mm. I, I didn't see him fall over, but um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't say
3: that well at all, did I? <laughs> 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 oh.
1: uh-huh.
2: I mean, <laughs> he should have scored off that as well. It was. Uh...
1: <laughs> it was it was a great great save uh, from the, from their keeper. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, you know it's a, you know it's a good joke when you're laughing at your own one. Tom, Yeah, I always laugh <laughs> at my own joke? Someone asked him, but <laughs> but um,
2: yeah, Hackney I think has come in uh, come on really strong since uh, since he's came into the team. Um, I think you know it was only a, a few uh, pods ago we were talking about his debut, and I was like he just didn't stand out. He looked comfortable, but. He he just kind of looked like uh, you know standard championship player, which isn't even a bad thing to say. I think I think it's like the uh, the whole Eddie Herns Jake Pauls an average boxer thing. Like, yeah, you you know not bad by any means. It's just like he didn't stand out as as being good. But then the last few games, I think he's really really progressed well in that in that position. I think you can see he's picking up in confidence and. Um, with the the Michael Carrick quote that we we said earlier, like it looks like he's played there for for ten years. I'd absolutely agree with that. I I think you know there's there's no way you can take him out of the team at at the moment. And I think for for a young lad who's who's coming into the first team for the you know the the first time, that's you know he, he's playing absolutely fantastically now, and to to become such an integral part of of the system that we're playing and then akpom i i think we said it all in in, in what we said about the the whole game but yeah f- fantastic at, at, at the moment i'm really in, enjoying seeing him play at the moment uh you can tell he's really enjoying playing at the moment and you know loving the uh loving the rede- redemption arc um it's it's just got me thinking now how many goals mm. is he going to end up on on this season uh i hope i've not jinxed him touchwood but um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he he's doing great at the moment and you know, i can't remember which game it was uh a few games back where he missed from inside the six yard box i think the the keeper did really well to get a hand to it i feel like a couple of years ago uh i like again like i said again them COVID seasons have blended into one, so it could have been a couple of years ago, it could have been last year for all I know, but when <laughs> when there was no fans there, I feel like that's the type of thing that, you know, might have got into Wackpom's head and, um, you know, he, he maybe would have, you know, let it affect his confidence a little bit and then he's came straight on from, from doing that and scoring more goals, so I, I feel like, you know, his he's mentally stronger now uh from where he was uh, a couple of couple of seasons ago and I think that's that's probably only been helped by uh the fact that he's he's had two managers this season who who really seem to have, have rated him. You know, I mean for, for all the problems we had with Chris Wilder at the, the end of his reign, he did give a lot of credit to, to Akpom for for coming in from the cold and, and pre-season and, and making an impact and then he's undroppable under Carrick.
1: Okay, then, and just to conclude, the Zach Stefan present place. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and Hackney. I think for my nomination, uh, I, you've, you've both alluded to. I think he's been excellent the last couple of games. Um, you know, really mature performances, really good on the turn, and just progressing borough forwards. And I think that's what we've needed for like the last few weeks. And it's nice to see an academy player come in and, and really hit the ground running. And, and Start to become an integral part and a big a big player in the system, so it's really good to see that. And he's thoroughly deserving of the, the praise and place nomination this week. So that concludes Zach Stephan praise and place. But just before we move on to Blackpool, I just want to quickly chat about uh Play brew because on Thursday there is a football quiz on there. We're going, I'm not going to be wearing uh, this Pelican tie, um, but it's going to be it's a really pelican. good night, and it's, yeah, it's, it's Flamingo. A flamingo, it's the same thing. It is the same thing. That is a that is a pelican. It is.
3: Pelican. It,
1: it is. It's the same thing.
3: At least it's a bird, I suppose. It's a bird. A bird is a bird.
1: Pigeon, pelican, <laughs> flamingo, they're all the same. You know what I mean? A bird's a bird. It's got a beak on it. So, uh, <laughs> um... Dinosaurs have beaks. I don't know. <laughs> I anything
2: to do anything, but
1: okay whatever right anyway play brew so on on that uh the base in cannon park and also um they do some really good beers and quizzes and we're going to be going and it's a really good time uh and you should definitely get yourselves down there on thursday night so uh, the big football quiz uh, at Playroom and we are going to be there and going to be helping out and also come over and join us and have a couple of pints and Dana's paying apparently so um if you just come up to us <laughs> and say Dana can I have a pint Dana will I thought you I said you
3: Dana's paying, and I was like well yeah we'll be paid if I'm paying for everyone's drinks <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you, you are now. Um, you are now. But let's uh, move on to Blackpool and um, because Borough uh, <laughs> make the trip to Lumfield Road, uh, where Blackpool are 18th in the championship table. Michael Appleton is in his second spell there. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get anyone this week to help us out, so we'll break it down ourselves. But they're currently setting up uh, in a 4 3 3 formation. They are played by injuries, 14 doubts uh, for Borough's trip uh, midweek, and 14 times a season, Blackpool have actually had. Uh, less than 50% possession. And so it does show that they're a counter-attacking team. Um, and they will try and do this through the wingers um, and try and get a lot of uh, play, out, uh, play out wide and play with a lot of width. Uh, so when we are looking at Boris' shape and looking at Blackpool and how they might affect us, um, I, w- I can really see this from the goal kick and how uh, they'll look to play. So you look at their number nine, or Gary McDean or whoever will play that, that number nine system. And they'll look to play on each side, uh, whoever, whoever the, the goalkeeper wants to direct the play. And how they'll get up the pitch is they'll look to use that numerical numerical advantage um, and maybe counter attack on like the two or three players. And um, where Boras average position is is where we spoke about a lot a little bit earlier, uh, where we are trying to play that four four two, but a very narrow four four two within or four two three one with Akpom coming in and creating more of like a shield around their number four. And um, so when the ball does come into him. That's where the borough's really ex- excessive and aggressive press does come into play, and borough will look to counter, pr- uh, counter press and attack from those. And that's where I think borough will have most of their most of their joy. But what Blackwell will try and do is they'll try and get in these wide positions, so they'll look to utilize Giles and, and Smith. Uh, when they push up, you'll see their wingers trying to stick with them, but then also when they do try and counter attack, you'll see maybe the, the left back, the eight, and in the, in the winger to really try and push on and try and get him behind. So I think the wingers and also those those wide areas are going to be where Blackpool will try and get the best out of Borough uh, in the middle of the week. But in terms of their players to watch, Jerry Yates and CJ Hamilton have been very, very good this season. Jerry Yates is their top scorer, of course, um, and he's absolutely banging them in. And He's going to come in from that left-hand side. It'll cause Borough a lot of problems. So just a couple of players uh, to watch um, but in terms of predictions, guys, uh, Michael Appleton, you know, he's had a difficult start in his return. I mean, he was always going to be difficult with Neil Critchley having a really good um, season last year with them. But how do you see Borough doing in midweek? Can you see another what more last minute equaliser and absolute limbs everywhere? And uh, Neil, Neil uh, Madison talking about, uh, chatting about Joel Pasquale and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but Dana, what do you think? What's the predictions?
3: I'm gonna go two one, Borough. I'm going, so I'm hoping there's some last minute limbs, but I'll I'll settle for a two one. Um, however it comes.
1: Okay, two one, Tom. We're gonna to go for.
2: Let's go two weeks running three 0 I, I hope there's 3-0. no need <laughs> for, for last minute limbs. I I hope just absolutely batter them. I think you know the the game yesterday. If if like I say, if we if we can replicate that in in further games, we're we're gonna win more than than we lose and. Create that amount of chances. I think three is
1: entirely possible. Okay, then. Um, hopefully, no one spouted the drink uh, this week, and they were more optimistic with that one, Tom. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for a win as well. I think we will win, uh, Tom. You know what? I'm going to join you. Three nil, Borough. There we go. Well, let's let's do this and put a pound on it as well. Or maybe do a Davy meltdown and put three one Borough and hope for the best. <laughs> um, but guys, uh, that's it. Thank you very much uh, for joining me and to listeners and viewers. Thank you very much for, for listening to us on your podcast provider or watching us on YouTube. But four points from the week for Borough, five goals and eight for Tuba, all aboard the Tuber train. Up the Borough.